Okay, so picking up the theme of what's next for the Vegas Golden Knights, and welcome to the program here. We know that after that um, after that win two nights ago, Alex Petrangelo is now a lock. We can all agree upon this. A lock for the Hockey Hall of Fame. He is going in, no question, uh, after the uh, obligatory three-year waiting period whenever his career is done, Alex Petrangelo is going to the Hockey Hall of Fame. So we know that that Stanley Cup champion Vegas Golden Knights team has one future Hall of Famer. Do they have two? And maybe even do they have three? We're going to get into that with Elliot Friedman, who returns and has returned safe and sound from Vegas. And if you saw any of the pictures that, uh, well, most notably Kevin Bieksa uh, put up on his social media, uh, he survived smoking the world's largest cigar. I'm not sure how long it took Elliot to finish that bad boy, uh, but that's one of the questions we'll ask him because I'm a hard-hitting journalist. So we'll talk to Elliot about what's next for the Vegas Golden Knights, also what's next for the Florida Panthers. Uh, Listen, we've talked at various times this season about somehow, some way, uh, that by at, by some point this summer, don't be surprised if someone like Eric Carlson ends up a member of the Florida Panthers. Uh, we'll talk about what's next for that squad uh, and the various um, bits of news from today and the past couple of days, really. Uh, most notably, Jason Spezza going to Pittsburgh as an assistant general manager. Um, assistant to who, you might ask? I think that's a legitimate question. Um, and the Philadelphia Flyers getting some business done yesterday and today as well. Two... Um, Two different people who played for the same organization and now have the same title. So Patrick Sharp is announced yesterday as an advisor for hockey operations of the Philadelphia Flyers, former Flyer himself. And today, John LeClaire um, also has an advisory role with hockey operations as well. The, dis- the, the way you distinguish these two by way of responsibility and what they're doing here, um, it sounds like Patrick Sharp is going to work more in player development. So he's going to work a lot with uh, the younger players, the younger prospects on the team. So hello, Lehigh Valley of the American Hockey League for Patrick Sharp and John LeClaire is going to work, I think, probably closer to Keith Jones on the, uh, on the upper management side. Uh, we'll get more on that with Elliot in a couple of seconds. And we'll probably dip our beak into the Alex DeBrinket fountain as well. Uh, it sounds as if the Ottawa Senators plan to take Alex Dabrinkit to arbitration should it get there. And uh, are the are we counting down the days now with Alex Dabrinkit and the Ottawa Senators? Um, there's a number of teams um, that he would like to go to. Uh, I would imagine Detroit might be one of them. He's a uh, you know he's he's from Michigan after all. Uh, so we'll talk about the Brinkett. We'll talk about the Flyers. We'll talk about the Penguins. We'll talk about Vegas and Florida. And also at the bottom of the hour, uh, Maddie and I are going to go through a little bit of an interesting exercise. And you have your own. And feel free to to tweet them into either me or Maddie here. Uh, we're going to pick two teams and two players. Uh, two teams that we're most curious about in the off season and two players that we're most curious about in the off season. And listen, when it comes to players, it's hard to narrow it down to two. Like, I really think this is going to be one of the wildest summers uh, that we've seen by way of signings and also specifically by way of trades. Um, And maybe even by way of retirements as well. More on all these things in the first hour. Hour two, we're going to be greeted by Bruce Cassidy, uh, head coach of the Stanley Cup champion Vegas Golden Knights, and Kevin Woodley, from In Goal Magazine and NHL.com. We'll talk about a uh, what should be a very interesting offseason for netminders and why the idea, th- this is interesting, why the idea of this goalie worked over there so he should work over here, right? 
is the wrong way to think about goaltenders. With that, we'll start. Welcome to The Merrick Show. This is The Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. I'm really looking forward to talking to Bruce Cassidy here coming up in, uh, in about an hour's time, in under an hour's time. Head coach of the Vegas Golden Knights. Programming note as well, if you're listening on 590, uh, we will be network only starting at 1 o'clock. Listeners on 590 will have the Jays as they look to uh, win a series against the Baltimore Orioles. Would be nice to win a series in the AL East for a change. Those games have just destroyed uh, the Toronto Blue Jays, and they almost coughed one up yesterday with uh, with two outs and Romano on the mound as well. Okay, anyway, uh, let's get to Elliot Friedman from Hockey Night in Canada and 32 Thoughts, the blog and the podcast as well. Fried, you've you've arrived safe. Yes, yes, I have. I'm back. Congratulations. My first hard-hitting question to you is, because we've all seen the, the pictures on social media, most notably the ones that Kevin Bieksa put up, how long did it take you to smoke that cigar? <laughs> uh, it took a while. <laughs> it was a really good cigar. It was. Um, I don't know how many people who listen to this are uh, big cigar uh, aficionados, um, I, I wouldn't call myself yeah. one. I know a little bit about them, but and I like them, but I would not call myself uh, an aficionado. But that one that Kevin brought, uh, it kind of switched its flavor or taste uh, three times during the cigar. It was a uniquely crafted cigar. It started one way, and then it went um, a little bit... Uh, milder and then it picked up a bit of a bite to it towards the end so uh it it took some work it was meant to be enjoyed but uh that's the work we all really enjoy jeff that's the best part of the job yes uh i used to enjoy cigars i used to go to a uh, a cigar bar suddenly has like a little lounge and it was a cigar shop on bayview called smoking cigar uh great Mm -hmm. little spot what i found that i like what i liked about cigars was um, and maybe you can relate to this. There are so few things in our life that force us to slow down. And mm-hmm. what I found is you can't do anything quickly when you're smoking a cigar. Like it was, it was a great, it was a great thing for me at that point in my, point in my life because it forced me to, you know, stop what I was doing and just relax and enjoy something. And in this case, it just happened to be a cigar. You're more of a cigar guy than I am. You probably have a a different uh, and unique appreciation for it. But the one thing that I liked about it was it just forced me to pause for a while. You know what I mean? Yes, uh, I I do completely understand exactly what you're saying. Um, As a matter of fact, as I said, we started it. Uh, when I was walking, doing the pod after the game on Monday or Tuesday night, and uh, that was that was probably about an hour or so after the game. And uh, uh, I'm gonna tell you, like, uh, I, I don't think I've ever slept better than I did last night at home. I have to say. <laughs> I have a suspicion you went right from the casino to the airport, but uh, we'll leave that a mystery. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, and what not happened in Vegas confirm, was a Stanley Cup victory. Not going to deny, yes. 
Uh, a Stanley Cup victory in Vegas, and the Cup stays in Vegas. Uh, you were there. You were in the building. Before we drill down on a couple of the players and what's next for both teams, just you know, just paint the picture. What was it like being there? What was it like being in the building from the opening face-off with you know Cassidy putting out five of the original six out there on the ice, um, you know, to to Fifty Cent getting everyone revved up to the to the yeah. final buzzer. Well, it was even before the the final buzzer when the guys started pouring over the boards. Like ten seconds left, they're they're flooding the Vegas zone off the bench. Just just paint the picture for us. What was it like? You know, it was you know that's one of my favorite nights of the year, uh, Jeff, where the Stanley Cup uh, yeah. <laughs> gets presented. Um, I, I think that it's um, I actually really enjoy the interviews. Uh, um, you know, when I started Hockey Night, uh, it was Scott Oak would all well actually Ron would go on the ice first, and then yes. Scott and myself, and um, eventually Ron stayed up in the in the in the studio. And Scott would start, and then I would go on uh, after. Like, obviously, seniority, and I completely understood it. Um, here, there was a time where I stopped doing interviews for a while on the ice, and I really missed it. It's uh, one of the things I said that I, you know, I really missed, and I would like to do again if the opportunity uh, ever uh, brought itself back. And now, obviously, Kyle goes and does the first couple. And uh, and uh, then Dave and I uh, tag team with them the rest. And I really love it. It's one of my favorite nights of the year. The players are incredible. Um, it's a great night. But, you know, like basically, like I walked from the hotel to the rink uh, for every game in Vegas. Um, and, you know, Kevin and I walked together for game five. And, and you can see it. Um, you know, it was – you can tell. Like it's always tough in Vegas because you don't know, like – who's there for what there's so many different things going on. Like yep. for example, at our hotel, um, Jeff, the uh, U S soccer team was staying cause they have the CONCACAF matches going on right now in Vegas. So there's things going on in 50 different directions. But when we got to the patio area outside the rink, you could see it. Like you, you could really see it. And you know, you walk in and as you mentioned, 50 cent and, uh, and the, and the uh, the misfits starting like when they started to announce who was starting, and the crowd figured out what was going on. They they were going crazy, and uh, you know like uh, the, I mean we knew like, early in this game we knew in the third period was one long celebration. It was uh, it was you know it's a fun night. It's a great night. Like I said, it's one of my favorite nights of the year. Uh, of all those people on the ice, of all those people in the organization, well, first of all, the Kelly McCrimmon interview I thought was exceptional. Uh, as I mentioned to you on the podcast, I was really gl- glad that that, uh, that Kelly McCrimmon agreed to talk about Brad, uh, his late brother, who we all adored and was such uh, an incredible defenseman and a great person uh, off the ice as well. Um, listen, I loved, uh, I, I, loved, uh, I loved the interviews right, right after that happens as well. Um, and whether it's, you know, Alex uh, Petrangelo, uh, who always delivers interesting interviews, uh, whether it's Mark Stone, who seems uh, incapable of holding back a smile. Um, mm-hmm. what, what stood out for you, like, after the game, of, of all the people that you spoke with or people whose, whose interviews you heard or comments at pressers? What stood out to you, Fridge? Well, one of the things I'm always interested in is, is, is what the order of the cup handing off is. Like, where do they go? Who gets yeah. it second, right? And, um, uh, like, I, I remember the one year Chicago, uh, I, I think uh, Chicago won 
uh, in Boston, you know, they told Hanzus and Jamal Mayers, who's now a teammate, be ready because you guys are getting it quick. And yeah. I've always liked that. You know, who's, you know, who gets it? Now, I, I love the six misfits getting it first. Um, and then, yep. you know, I, I thought it was really interesting. It was like when, when Alec Martinez passed it to Jonathan Quick, like I figured if you would have told me that it was going to be Jonathan Quick, I, I would have figured he would have been one of the last guys to touch it just because he hasn't been there very long, right? And, no, he got it yep. pretty quick. So that's one of the things I always really enjoy watching is what's the order of the handoff? Who gets it when? And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Eichel, obviously. Like, there's a lot. Like, every year there are guys that win it and uh, that they've been through a lot. And you look at the, you look at the Golden Knights – not only were these guys, quote-unquote, the misfits, but you look at what Eichel went through. Uh, Petrangelo talked about his daughter. You know, Alec Martinez yeah. has never told the full story about what he went through last year, but that was as close as he yes. did. You mentioned Kelly McCrimmon. Like, there's a lot of guys on that team who've been through a lot of things. And, that you know, you like to see that kind of get rewarded. You know, there's another one uh, I want to throw in here. I'm going to talk to Bruce Cassidy about uh, about his journey to getting to the Stanley Cup at the, the top of hour two. But do you have a thought on the Vegas coach who, you know, a year ago was told, don't worry, you're fine, you're safe, you're coming back to the Boston Bruins, only to find out that quite the opposite um, was true and they were going to let him go, and they did. Um, and he ended up almost immediately with the Vegas Golden Knights, and he, you know, he's gone from you know the lowest of the low in his in his career. He was a big Boston Bruins fan; it was always his dream job, loved coaching the Bruins, all of it, only to get fired from the organization and then end up a Stanley Cup champion in under 365 days. You have a thought on Bruce Cassidy and his journey through all of this? I I really feel great about him. Well, I, I think this. I, I think that the one thing I always remember about last year was like the rumors of, you know, Bergeron wouldn't come back if he stayed. Yeah. And whether or not that was true or not, I think that's a really tough burden. Like, just imagine yourself being in that. Like, sometimes the stories get out and you can't contain them, right? And even if it isn't true, it, it sticks with people. And like some, like uh, a lot of times, people remember the initial story, and if there's a correction, it's too late. Like enough people have formed their opinion, or, or that's what they stick with. Like just imagine yeah. that being discussed about you, and how ch- and so like so that is like I, I thought about that a lot. It's not just that he got fired. It's that it's it's what was whispered about him after it happened, and those are tough things to live with. You have to like the one thing I've really noticed about um, uh, about him is he's very secure. He's very secure in himself and who he is and, and what he believes in. I think you have to be, but you know his phone was ringing off the hook after it happened and he obviously landed on his feet. Yep. The other thing I remember and, and, and Jeff Cassidy remembered this when we talked to him was morning of game seven, I think it was in 2019. And he said, I, I, I just want to get my name on that damn cup. I've always, all the quotes you yeah. hear, that's one of them. I always remember. And now his name is going to be on that damn cup. 
Yeah, I, I remember all that talk about Bergeron and uh, and David Krejci as well. Yeah. Um, and I think of the old saying that uh, a lie flies a mile quickly and the truth limps behind slowly. Um, I, I feel That's really good for, uh, for for Bruce Cassidy here. Yeah, it's it's, it's a really good one. Uh, I've always been a fan of that. Let me ask you about do you, someone. Do you keep who didn't like play. these sayings in your wallet or something like that? Like, do you do you have a piece <laughs> of paper that you pull out? Oh, this line sixty four is good for this one. <laughs> you know what? All, all I've got is like good looks and shallow charisma, and good looks is very questionable as I get older. Yeah, <laughs> Just got just got shallow charisma. That's it, and a bunch of and a bunch of bad lines. Okay, so here's who I wonder about. I really wonder about Phil Kessel, and Phil yep. Kessel didn't play, and he gave a, a great interview to, to to Jackie Redman where he just said like, "Look, I just hope I don't throw up at this party," and everyone had a, a good laugh. And you know, he's become you know one of the most you know uh, uh, adorable players uh, and and fan favorites. Um, he's had a really interesting career. He's the NHL's reigning Iron Man. Um, didn't play. I don't know if that's it for the career for Phil Kessel. Um, but if it is, you know, off the top of the show here, I just mentioned like Alex Petrangelo. We talked about this on the pod. He's going to the Hockey Hall of Fame. Uh, so there's one player from the Vegas Golden Knights who's going to the Hall of Fame. When you look at Phil Kessel's numbers and you look at the Iron Man streak, now there's no 100 point seasons. There's not even, you know, there, there aren't like, uh, he didn't like rattle off like three, you know, even 40 goal seasons at all. But, you know, if, if you look at the stats, um, of how many goals he scored in his career? He's at 413. He's got 34 playoff goals. He's got almost a thousand NHL points. He's got over 1,200 games. He's a reigning Ironman, and now he has three Stanley Cups. Two teams of which he was a profound player on that squad. Yes. What do you What do you think of when you think of Phil Kessel's career? And does the Hockey Hall of Fame enter any of those conversations? Well, I think it has to. Um, you know, the, the thing about the Hockey Hall of Fame is it's really difficult to, um, it, it's, it's very difficult to, you know, put a handle on how it's going to vote, right? Because it's like, for, yeah. for things like the Conn Smythe or the Hart or things like that, you know, you can talk to each other and kind of say, you know, what are you thinking? You know, you kind of have a handle on where this is going to go. Like, we knew, Jeff, that, the Smythe was either going to Marcesor or Eichel. I mean, we could we could tell, and they got between them, they got all eighteen of the first place votes. So you, you kind of a handle, but because um, it's a, it's it's not public, and um, there's only I think two reporters on it, and they're not really allowed to talk about what they know. It's it's very hard to get a handle on these things. But I, I don't understand how it can't be at least in the conversation. Um, you know, you know, two cops, and as you said, big parts of those teams, thousand straight games, coming up on a thousand points, four hundred goals. And the other thing too is like, like th- this is the thing about Castle. Um, uh, you know, he he obviously loves the game. He loves it a lot. Um, you know, he he enjoyed that celebration as much as anyone who played. You could tell he was having fun yep. doing the interviews. Um, he, and he says, like, I asked him, are you going to play next year? He goes, oh, yeah, like, I, I'm playing. And, uh, like, I, like, the guy lo- like, the guy loves hockey. And, yeah. uh, and that should, to me, that's, that's a huge qualification. Like, you should, like, if you talk about people who are, 
Like, he's not dedicated in the sense that a lot of other people are dedicated, but he clearly loves it. Yeah. And uh, that, to me, that should be a big part of the process. Uh, let me ask you about the futures of both these uh, these teams in the offseason. Uh, we look at the Vegas Golden Knights, and, you know, one of the names that jumps out at us is is Ivan Barbashev, who fits so perfectly on that line with Jack Eichel and Jonathan Marcheseau. Um, it's going to be tough to keep them. And there's going to be yeah. a lot of teams that, you know, line up big contracts here to try to get Ivan Barbashev uh, on their team. This run has been great uh, for Ivan Barbashev and also great for his accountant. Um, yeah. At the other end of the rink, the Florida Panthers. And we've talked a couple of different times uh, about, you know, the future of the Panthers. And this was going to be, it's funny too, last year was a year they went for it and they bowed out in the second round. This was the year we thought because of the salary cap, they would take a small step back. And then next season would be the one that they jump back into the, into the conversation and they end up in the Stanley Cup final. What mm-hmm. happens with Vegas in the offseason? And what do you think happens with the Panthers in the offseason? And does the name Eric Carlson resonate with the Florida Panthers in the offseason? You know, I asked somebody, uh, I asked someone uh, about that. And they're about Carlson, the Panthers, because they, like, they came up to me and they know I've, I've mentioned Florida before. And they said, like, yeah. I don't think you're wrong, but how do they do it? Like, just how? And and I'll tell you this. The other thing is, and I wouldn't call this a complicating factor. I think it's something they're very happy about. Look at the year Brandon Montour just had. Yeah. So, they, they, you know, like, if you're Florida and, like, Montour's up in a year. And someone actually said to me, he thinks that two of Florida's biggest decisions this offseason are going to be about extending Montour and I think Forsling's up in a year or two, extending Forsling. He is, he is. Like, yeah, so he is, he's like, when, when you look at Flor and, and Forsling has become a really good player and a really good player for them. So when you look at Florida's offseason business, those are the two things that kind of stand out to me the most. You know, you, you've got to deal with mm-hmm. both those players in a year, and they're two of your top four defensemen. So... I think that becomes the priority. And, you know, they were saying to me, especially after the playoffs Montour had and what we now know he was playing through, you know, is Eric Carlson, I mean, he's a great player. You always want to add great players, but does it make sense? And so I think those Mm -hmm. are two of Florida's biggest items of business, locking down Montour and and Forsling. You know, as for Vegas, Barbashev, I heard at the final, uh, Vegas did take a run at Barbashev before the playoffs. It just wasn't at a place where it was going to get it done. Um, and uh, and so, like, like, to me, Jeff, is he the number one free agent available? Like, to be honest, I really haven't looked at this, but I was I was looking at it and I'm saying, who's, the, who's a better free agent available this year than Barbashev? Um, for my money, it's Barbashev. Um, a little bit later, I'm going to talk about the future for Patrick Kane. Uh, I think that's a, that's a huge one. Um, yeah, of course. Yep. I, I think, you know, I think Ryan, o, Ryan O'Reilly, um, is a huge name and we've talked a lot about Vlad Tarasenko, yep. uh, et cetera. Um, Matt Dumba. But in terms of in guys who might be signing the biggest, uh, maybe, maybe, but in terms of impact on the playoffs, Barbashev's number one. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. 
Clearly. And, you know, I, I, you're the one that always talks about Barbashev. It's you and Kelly, Elliot, always gushing yeah. about Ivan Barbashev. I just stay yeah. quietly in the background, just mind my own business about Barbashev. You and him are nauseating. I'm just a... I'm just a little church mouse here when it comes to Ivan Barbashev conversation. Just a little church mouse, that's all. No, but I think your point's a good one as far as, like, you know, uh, on the, uh, you know, still on the sunny, sunny side of the career mountain um, and, you know, uh, impactful in a number of different ways, both offensively and physically as well. I think, like, like I always say, like, which team does he not fit on? You know, I always think that's that's one of the best compliments you can pay a player. Like th- this guy fits on every single team. Like who wouldn't want a player like? Well, look who he was playing with. He's playing with. He's playing with Eichel and Marcus. Yeah. Like you know, like can play with good players. And is a very okay. Good player. Uh, a cup. Uh, and is it well good player? You have to be a good player to play with good players. One would argue. Um, a couple of things. Uh, I want to get to Pittsburgh and I want to get to Philadelphia, but first I want to ask about Alex DeBrinket and arbitration with the Ottawa Senators. Your thoughts on this one? We're talking a lot about Ottawa this week. Yeah, well, th- that's procedural. You know, like for example, I wouldn't be surprised if we hear the same thing about Timo Meyer and the Devils. You have to protect yourself uh, and. Um, I have. I don't think that should be any surprise that that's what Ottawa was doing, and we'll see if New Jersey does the same thing uh, later today. Um, it's you know it's a situation where you have to. Sometimes you have yeah. to use the CBA to your advantage, and you know it, it, overall, DeBrinket and Meyer both kind of have the hammer here because they're the ones who are a year away from unrestricted free agency. The leverage definitely tips towards them. But this is a way that Ottawa and a way that New Jersey can protect themselves. And, you know, I, I've got no problem with that. You have to understand that that's the way it is. And, and if the Brinkett signs on a one-year deal, if you know, it's possible that his salary could be 85% of what it was last year. Same for Meyer. But I've got to think in both these situations, we're probably never going to get to arbitration. And this is going to be sorted out a long time before that. That's how most of them go anyhow. Um, Philadelphia Flyers making some news over the past couple of days, including today, um, with the title Advisor of Hockey Operations, or Advisor to Hockey Operations. Yesterday, Patrick Sharp. Today, John LeClaire. Uh, the way it sounds to me is if, uh, as, I'm sorry, the way it sounds to me is Patrick Sharp will work more in player development. So I would imagine a lot of trips to Lehigh Valley. Uh, he'll work with some of the younger players in the organization. John LeClaire will probably work closest, I want to say, maybe with Keith Jones here, that he'll be more on the management side of things. So it's the same title, but two different responsibilities. And I don't think lost on anybody here at all. These are two ex-Philadelphia Flyers, Elliot. You know, I was saying to someone, they're building up a, a heck of a, uh, they're building up a heck of a, like a beer league team. Not too many people are going to beat the sure. Flyers in, uh, in, in, uh, in, in, in beer league this year. Um, yeah, you know uh, what? Uh, they already got the best alumni team. The, well, alumni team is different. I'm talking about like the team. That, if, if there was, if we had a, like a, like an NHL tournament uh, of people who actually work in the organization, Philly is really beefing up here. Mm. They've got, mm. they've got, uh, Briere and LeClaire uh, and Sharp, all of whom could be uh, first-liners. You know, you, you have McCauley-Jones and starting out your checking line. It's not bad. You know, it's, 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 it's not, not a bad group at all. 
If if, if they really keep stripping it down, it's... they could give like the on ice team a battle. And I bet Paul Holmgren could come in for a little bit of toughness and a pinch as well. Uh, maybe for, Bob, for a Bob couple Clark of rounds. Bob Clark could probably still Riley. play. Bob, hey, listen, Bob Clark still come out for a couple of speeders here and there. And listen, Riley Armstrong's <laughs> not that far removed from his career in the American Hockey League. So That's now that you mention it, yeah, they're really good, Elliot. <laughs> they're really good. <laughs> Ian LaPerriere, hang on a second here. That's got, right. Good there, you, got, you got your penalty killer and your shot blocker, Ian LaPerriere. Holy smokes, these guys look pretty good. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna score some goals and rough a few people up. Hmm, sounds like the Flyers to me. Uh, do you have a thought on this one? Well, I, I just think like if you if 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 you like you can never hurt yourself. Um, you, you know, like you you can never hurt yourself bringing in smart, passionate people, and that's the only thing that I really care about. Like. Um, when when you bring in people, are they smart? Are they passionate? And are they going to work? And if the answer is yes, yeah. then I think you're in a, you're in a really good spot. Like I saw Keith at the uh, cup, obviously, and you know he's really excited. Yeah. I I think that um, you know like you know a lot of people like Keith Jones was a long shot to play as many games in the NHL as he did, and so he knows that some people are doubting this and. But, you know, like I thought, you know, what Gretzky said on air about how they were rooting for him and he'll do a great job was really was really nice. Mm-hmm. You know, people like Jonesy, and uh, I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. I think he really will. Does it does it matter um, for Sharp and Leclerc specifically? Because let's let's not forget here, we're talking about the Philadelphia market and how much they love their players. Does it matter that these guys are both ex-Flyers, Sharp and Leclerc? You know, I think we've talked about this. There's some people who say you have to get rid of the ex-Flyers. And, like, this is going to be a new era of them, obviously. Again, Jeff, at the end of the day, there's one thing I care about. Are you are you working? Are you smart? Are you all pulling in the right direction? And if, if the answer is yes to those questions, then I don't care where you're from or what team you played for. And so... Like I think, I think it's important to have people in your organization who care about the organization. As like, if you're if you're like, ah, I love the Flyers, but you're not working or you're interfering, I don't have any time for that. But if you love the Flyers and you're working and you're pulling in the same rope as everybody else, then that's all that I care about. Uh, last one before I let you go. Jason Spezza, assistant general manager with the Pittsburgh Penguins. This was announced yesterday while you were traveling, uh, mm-hmm. to which a lot of people said, assistant general manager to who? And I guess technically right now that's Kyle Dubas, who's acting as GM until July. Um, what did you make? I mean, I don't think anyone was surprised here, but what did you make when the uh, the announcement was made official? Yeah, I, I think everybody expected it. Uh, I think... Uh, that he was going to join them eventually. I think the question was, were the Leafs going to give them permission to join uh, right away? Uh, or was he going to have to wait? And obviously, like I think if someone doesn't want to be somewhere and they want to go somewhere else, I generally say, just let them do it unless it's really ugly or anything like that. I don't think anything happened here that Jason yeah. Spezza should be prevented from going there. So, uh, and now like we'll see what happens in July because after the draft, there's no question that, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Pittsburgh asked for permission to speak to Brandon Pridham about the GM job, and we'll see where everybody stands. Yeah. Perfect. Um, Elliot, thank you as always. Uh, glad you made it home safe, and you survived both Vegas and that cigar. Uh, we will talk to you later on tonight for another podcast. 
All right, speak to you soon. Elliot Friedman, 32 Thoughts in Hockey Night in Canada, uh, joins the program. A Block Elliot, right? Kicks off every show here.